Hey rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a beginner or a big old kook? There is a difference, you know. And since there's many ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason for the podcast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. So bust out your foamy and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. Uncle Ricky, now, where you came from? All right, tell us a little bit about that because you didn't have a head start and you didn't even start off in neutral. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a loaded question. Uh, I think um, where I came from is similar place where we all come from, just like a regular town, family, normal stuff. Um, but the more important thing is um, where you end up going because it doesn't even matter where you came from. Um, the number one thing is um, having a goal and working towards it. And I pretty much, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Evan and I were talking last night and we were talking about how we met 10 years ago when I moved out to Montauk um, and lived here for the last 10 years full time. And uh, you know, it's, it's a really interesting thing to uh, set a goal and achieve it and say to yourself, fuck, it's been 10 years. I made a goal, I achieved it. And like, we were reflecting upon it, like both of us, you know, like, um, and it's really, it kind of works really well with the fact that we're in 87 days is a new decade. We're closing out a decade. So that's kind of a big thing. And if anyone, you know, kind of marks any types of, uh, you know, timing for making a goal and achieving a goal and setting a goal, having decade-long goals is kind of a big deal because it's so open-ended, you know? So we were chatting about that last night, and, you know, I I, I think, you know, growing up and coming out here um, was always sort of uh, mystical, uh, when you'd actually get to come out here and, and have a, you know, plan it perfectly and get the wind and tide right and, like, get lucky, you know? Um, half the time you don't. So maybe, like, 10 years ago, like, w- would you say that's when you really dedicated yourself to, like, surfing in, in a big in a big way, like the move out to Montauk, yeah. year-round surfing? Sure, 100%. I was like, all right, if I'm going to be... I have a teaching job here on Long Island that I love and whatever on the east end and I've always I've, I've always commuted um from either the west but then I was like you know fuck it I'll commute from the east a little bit more of a drive but um I was I was lucky enough I was able to uh get after every little swell chase it down there's so many different you know setups here and it's it's been a it's been a really nice fun time I've met a lot of really awesome people super creative people and positive vibes all around and uh this is a good place it really is it really is because it it gives you the um the space the freedom like in your mind and obviously in the environment because 
the seasons here are very dynamic and strong uh, and, and you feel it, you, you become part of it. Mm. It actually influ it actually inspires you and actually moves you. It's a, it's a pretty good connection out here. The energy is very strong. I, could, I would never trade it for anything. I, I think that was one of the smartest moves of my life to come out here and spend a year and a half, two years, one year, you know, just see all the seasons come and go and coming from California, really not knowing that sensation, mm. you know? And 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 then I was like working on a fishing boat. So Captain just, Chris, you were on the New Age. It really tuned fishing me in. Fishing in the winter. In. Oh, this guy's like, he's like 22, in. 23. No and he's, he's on the, the New Age with uh, Chris Winkler, um, longtime captain out here. And he's dragging the ocean in like zero degree, like 20 below with the wind chill on the ocean, full on, you know, how Ev brought the whole jumper suit fucking style <laughs> like the insulated dickie style i copied <laughs> off i'm sure i had like two pair i was like this is the best um i actually had a pair that was double xl because i that's how i checked the waves i put my five mil on <laughs> with the boots not the gloves and i'd put on the 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 dickies uh onesie right yeah. super insulated and just run around checking waves um Ready to rock. Ready to rock. You like it's it's like there's no not going surfing because you're putting your wetsuit on in your house. It's warm. This is nice. You're drinking coffee. You're getting pumped up. Getting text messages, updates from your there's friends waves. like where we're surfing. There's waves. There's waves. You know, and um, when you get dressed at your house in the warmth and then put on like whatever sweatpants or a onesie, it doesn't matter. You get in your truck. You're gonna go surfing. You everything's it. all set up and you probably waxed your board in your house because it's impossible to get wax on a board in the winter time when it's completely frozen it just nothing right. sticks right it's impossible um but yeah no uh, i don't know where we were we just, were coming just from that i just going got psyched, i just got psyched on winter surfing i can't wait for winter I, like i hate it i tell it i'm never winter surfing again uh, it's the worst thing in the entire world but there's something about it there's something about I it. Think, I think it really embodies kind of the concept of surfing on the whole. You know, don't forget how hard surfing was and once was for you while you were learning how to surf. And uh, so Learning how to surf. Wow. Yeah, we're yeah. going to get to that. Hold that's, on one second. Beautiful. Because we're talking about your a, dedicated years of surfing. Sure. But we'll get to your learning how to surf. But anyway, just speaking to that point of like, why did you love it? But you're also saying you hate it. You're like, it's almost like you're speaking out of two sides of your mouth. But I was just... I was just noticing how that sounds a lot like learning how to surf. Yep. You know, like you hate it so much. You're like, God damn it, I can't do it. I can't catch it. Everyone else is doing it and I can't. All these feelings of negativity. But after the fact, for some reason, when you reflect back on it, it's like, oh, that was a great time. Oh, I loved yeah. it in the water. Or at some points, those positivities come through. Maybe it's not until you actually do it and reach some yeah. level of proficiency. I think but the level very similar, of don't you think? Yeah, I think the, yeah, totally. But I think the level of proficiency is not in a skill level. I think it's in a full-on routine level. Mm. So the thing that happens is that, um, I don't know, I, I remember not be, not having access to waves or uh, a system to go surfing all the time. Every time, like if you go a month without surfing, the first time surfing, right. it, you're going to be rusty. You're right. probably not going to, you're not going to be able to paddle or catch waves as a beginner. But um, 
when you set yourself up so that you could possibly surf a couple times a month all the time, that's, that's where the improvement happens, not in the, um, hey, I want to get better. It's like, hey, I want to improve the access that I have to doing something that I love. And that's really all it really is, is just time in the water right. and, and learning. But I mean, uh, I think people nowadays have it so easy to learn how to surf. And I don't mean in the sense of like skill level. I mean in the sense of just like, uh, well, accessibility. Uh, well, no, not, well, you have accessibility because you put yourself in that situation. But the cheers, boys. Cheers. Um, hey, but uh, but n- not the accessibility, but like the acceptance to be allowed to be a total fucking kook. Uh, so, yes, so, 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 I don't really give a shit that everyone's learning how to surf and everyone could get a surf lesson and everyone could get a surf coach. That's great, just like you guys. Hey, look, um, no one ever told us anything. You learned by getting stink-eyed, kicked out of the water, or just completely, like, what? why, people would say to you, why are you here? Just shut you down. No, no, like, like they would literally ask you, like, dude, you five, really five dudes character. would turn around. No, no, you didn't even take a wave. You didn't blow a wave. You didn't kook a wave. You literally just paddled out. And if you even had a fun board or a long board, you weren't allowed to paddle out, first of all, in some of the breaks. Um, no and fun I, and boards, no long boards. Yeah, yeah, and, like, like so you got to, you know, it's... No it's, it's, fun. All right, so, all right. so, 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 so <laughs> it's, like, the best... Long Island local story I could ever come up with. All right, here we go. Is it's 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 so classic and so amazing. And it's Hampton Bays. It's the West Hampton Hampton Bays, like forty something year old hardcore shortboard, awesome surfers, great guys, but they hold it down. And they they definitely spent a lot of time on the North Shore and like they literally you want to talk about stink eye or like if if you're in priority to get a wave and you're on a shortboard because that's all they let you surf out there if 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 you do get a wave and you paddle and you don't get into it or you blow it or only get one turn or not take it all the way to the beach and we're talking like two foot like ice cold offshore beach break that's a closeout anyway that's that's like 90 miles per hour like you could boogie board it and not beat it out you know what i mean but but if you didn't if you didn't get two turns that you wouldn't get a wave you'd be shut down for the rest of the time like you wasted a wave because guess what there's 10 guys in the water and like 20 good waves will come in before it gets dark at freaking 4 30 right, right right and i would just i was i was teach i, I teach in hampton bays and like i literally go down there and you'd be like, hey, dude, I would say to myself, like, I'm just going to find another peak. It's just like, no big deal. I'll just find another peak. But it would only break at one spot all the time. <laughs> and all these guys would always be on it. And um, it, it was, it, it's actually a thing that at the time I thought this sucks. But I'll tell you one thing. Every single fucking time that I'm paddling for a wave, I don't just look to see if anyone's already on it. I looked three times, and sometimes I hurt my neck from looking so much. Because guess what? If you ever even paddled for a wave of a guy that was deeper than you, you would get wrecked. So the fact that you're paddling for something and not looking three times to make sure someone's not, like, like deep in a tube, and, like, no one can see him. He's in the foam ball, but he's in there, and he's going to make it out. 
and then like do a, a, a good turn right in front of you and like put you back in your place. I wish you had a real microphone in your hand and not a shitty little clip-on so you could drop that thing and walk away right now. Straight I mean, up. That I mean, was fucking I don't right think on. I don't think most people in the water right now have ever had an experience where you were shoulder hopping, about to get completely tubed. No one said anything to you. When you got off the wave, you look back and that guy keeps going and he looks at you and shakes his head like, you're so fucking stupid. And like you, in your mind, before that guy looked at you, you just probably had the best cover up you've had in a couple in a while, and you were psyched. But guess what? It was completely taken away because you fucked up. And um, that's a different way of learning how to surf. That's how you know. And like I'm grateful for that because no one, well, even if you're paddle battling or you're like at the peak and like someone's like aggressive, but you just like looking at the guy like, dude, you're such a dick. You don't even. Just get the fuck out of here sort of thing. But you're like, whatever, he's in position. You have to always let them go. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, it's okay. There's more waves. And I think that's a thing when I was younger that I didn't completely understand. There's mm. always going to be more waves. It's not that important. The, you know what I mean? It's not as good as you think it's going to be. You right. weren't in position. It's not your wave. Simple as that. Yeah. And, like, don't be a dick because you think you have localism or you've surfed this wave 20 times more. I could say that in every single spot on Long Island right now because I've been everywhere and spent enough time in everywhere. But guess what? I'm not going to be a dick and drop in ever. It doesn't, it doesn't equate. It, nothing makes sense no matter how... Don't drop in a, on other people's yeah, waves. If somebody's people... deeper than you and keep... Wrenching your head around. Yeah, I don't even I don't even look in the direction I'm traveling. I'm looking behind me. And <laughs> to tell you the truth, I don't even have to look anymore because I back door waves. And that's the only real way to get tubed anyway off the takeoff. <laughs> so so like if if you don't get that, then then you you know. We're in different leagues. Well, it's just a different aesthetic. Alright, well here's the situation for you. No disrespect to anyone else that's still learning, but if you think about that, if you backdoor a wave, you're probably going to get tubed more than normal. And now, to interrupt the show with the breaking Sorry, news. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got a situation for you. So here's what happens when you start backdooring peaks. You run into people who are trying to go the other way because they're on that side of the peak and you're trying to backdoor it. Yeah, but if someone's challenging... Like, no, it's to not come straight at me, I'm just going to take the high line, and it'll be an acrobatic move, because they can't take <laughs> a lot of your back door and a peak. Yeah, of course you do. You, you get even tighter. Just full high line. All right. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Fair enough. Yeah. So how old were you when you started to surf? So um, I was a boogie boarder. I had a, a Mike Stewart Mach 7.7 slick bottom, you know, super hard rails. It was orange, the bottom, and I had a board bag backpack for boogie boarding oh, I that love the fins those. fit into and I got I, yes. I got birthday money I had a newspaper route at the time and like oh. I literally had the best equipment um, because I had a newspaper I sold newsdays I, I delivered I had a, at a complex how much did you make a week I think it was like 110 bucks something wow. like that. that's solid I had a comp I how lived old in, were you so I I lived in a complex like an apartment complex and I think there were like 600 units 
And like, I luckily got, I inherited from the older kid, the teenager. The 16 year old. Yeah, the teenager. <laughs> I got his paper route. He retired. And I was like 10. And like, I don't know, I used to sell gumballs. I used to buy like 10 cent, you know, those those fireball, whatever, oh, 10 yeah, cent yeah, yeah. selling for 20 at lunch in, in elementary school. <laughs> but, but by the time I got the Newsday route, um, literally you would knock on the door, it would be a screen door, you'd be like, collect. That's what you would say. You wouldn't say, hey, it's Newsday, 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 kid. It would, you would literally say, hey, collect. Um, but anyway. Um, so they knew to come to the door with some money. Yeah, it was like 325 uh, a week, <laughs> and it includes Sunday. You know what I mean? There were a couple disasters on windy days. Not all, I didn't always <laughs> use rubber bands, but I remember I had the best toss on Tuesday, Wednesdays. They're thinner, and... <laughs> I would grab the top right corner of a Newsday, right? And I was so fucking good. You know, I had a Nintendo, so I would watch Paperboy. But I could take it with no rubber band, no nothing, take it from the top right-hand corner and flick it while I'm on my bike because there were stoops and they all had mats. Mm -hmm. So I could, one out of ten, I would literally get it right under the mat. The other ones would just hit the door and just pop and drop. If there was wind, then... They were gone. Shit going all over. Yeah, it's all over. Like the whole complex is like Ricky fucked up again. <laughs> Whatever. I was and just one to make person out of ten. Anyway, going, I detracted. You got to write that stamp paper. So anyway, I was, I was really into boogie boarding, and I had all the stuff. So I would go up to Rick's Surf Shop on Carlton Avenue. Oh hell yeah! And like I would bike up rest there. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, uh, Rick. He was a good man. He one hooked to Ricky me. Right he there. hooked us all up, man. He was a good guy, a really good guy. Um, Rick Surf Shop, East Islip. He was actually in the '80s. He was the only person around that sold Vans, because Vans weren't in like regular stores. He was like the surf shop that had fucking Vans. Damn. Went, and he started out as a. Um, That's cutting as edge a right far, there. He was a card store. He was a Hallmark card store <laughs> that started selling surf stuff in East Islip <laughs> on Main Street. Oh yes. yeah, that's fitting. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. And then, and then he ended up. And he I did ended, not know that. <laughs> and then he ended up. Yeah, he ended up on, on Carlton Avenue, where he. I remember him telling the story when I was a kid. I was, I was, lear I was learning. I was interested about real estate. And he was like, "Yeah, I got a, I got a, um, a small business loan, and the building that he bought on Carlton Avenue, right by the trestle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was a funeral home." And it went for sale, and he, since he was already a business, he had a small store over by St. Mary's. And, uh, yeah, the guy was a good guy, man. I used to bike up there with my, with my Newsday money and, and buy surf gear. Anyway, how I started surfing was I was, like, I don't know, 15, and the older kids that surfed, my friend Jim Gushel and a couple, Mike Ginty, a couple guys, Matt Bondi, they were just like, oh, yeah, we'll pick you up. And, and, uh, <laughs> and I go to get in the car. And they're like, you're not bringing that with you. And my friend Gushel's, What's that? What's my, Gushel's, that? my friend Gushel's like, Jim Gushel, he's like, he's like, um, yeah, yeah, you're surfing today. We don't hang out with boogie boarders, sort of thing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. So we go to the beach, and I remember paddling the board, but I wasn't paddling. I was fucking kicking, and it was a it was a six six Greg Lore like. Um, triple stringer, you know, like step-up board or normal shortboard <laughs> in the 80s, right? And, um, yeah, Mark Gilmore was uh, Jim's uncle, a uh, local guy from Babylon, uh, a, a man, a legend named uh, Joey Citarelli, Citarella. And, uh, That's right. You he, could go um, back and find a podcast episode with him. Yeah, he's, he's actually a super legend in my book. 
and I know I keep jumping from topic to topic, but I'm just so excited. I'll tell you a little story about him. <laughs> please, um, please do. Yeah, yeah, this is great. And this is Got the story. All this the is time this is how I learned how to surf. And um, it's pretty funny because we would go during that time. Uh, this spot would break, and in order to check it out, you would have to go on the concession stand roof and look down the beach because it was a far distance away. And uh, we would walk down there and it would take like, I don't know, 20 minutes, 20 minute walk in a wetsuit, whatever. And this psycho who was, I was 18, I was like probably 16. This psycho that's like 33 years old, Jack Strong, like, like, like waterman, you know, like mm -hmm. the, your first like real interaction with someone that's like really hardcore. He wouldn't walk or on the beach. He would directly go in the water and paddle to the surf spot. No shit. Yes, he would paddle down. So it'd be like me and my friends, and I'm like 15, 16, I'm carrying the surfboard down the beach, whatever. And like, I would look at this guy and he would like keep pace with us and paddle to the surf spot. I'm like, when I get older, I wanna be just like that man. Like, he was strong, he was tough, you know, like it was cool. He was like trained. Oh, he's gonna love to hear this. Big shout out to Joey Citarelli. Joey, Joey, yeah. So, so <laughs> it's pretty funny because Throughout my, my lifetime, I've seen him on amazing days at amazing spots kind of all around the world at different surf spots. Oh, no way. Yeah, and, and you know, um, most recently I saw him uh, down on the islands and, uh, you know, he's with his kid and his kid's friends. And I'm just like, I wanted to say to his son, like, do you realize how cool your dad is? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, like, does this kid know that his dad's like super No, super awesome? he doesn't. Of course yeah, yeah. he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, anyway. Told him. Uh, anyway, when I was learning to surf, um, it was literally hurricane season. And those guys knew that I was like the new guy because they could see me paddling my board and my legs were like flailing like I had fins on <laughs> out the back of the board. And I remember them just pushing me into hurricane swells and say, just when, just stand up instead pushing of like- Pushing you in? Pushing like- Your boys, those are some- No, shore break, beach break, just like, like saying <laughs> go and just like getting wrecked and landing in dry sand. Don't forget to dismount before the sand. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It was just like trial by fire. You know? Wow, but you were getting boosted in. I was getting boosted into like shorebird. What are you guys talking about? We were talking about sessions, memories, sessions that we've either all been a part of or you and Ev been a part of. You had one good one at Sandy Hook apparently. Oh yeah. Almost 10 years ago. Wow. We had let's, one all together. Yeah, let's talk about that one. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk about this season. Let's Fun. see. This season. Mid-Island. Well, we're, we're going to keep some details oh, wow. private. Oh, wow. You know, because these sandbars. Real. Yeah, yeah. That these sandbars real. are too recent. They might still be there. Yeah. You've got to do your own due diligence. Holy this is part cow. of being a surfer. So uh, let's check it all. Let's just talk about that, though. So we pull up early. Who gave you the clue? Who gave you the clue? <laughs> I don't know. Who I put just... you on the scent? Your boys. Yeah, I know a couple people up there because that's where I grew up. Uncle Ricky, you're, you're missing the hint. No, you were with Matt. Oh, Matt Fabrizio, yes. And we hit Matt up and we're like, we're going down to so-and-so and it's firing. Come here now. <laughs> it happened like that? <laughs> oh! 
I don't know. I just listen. I yeah. just I never just to tell you the truth. I yeah. I never. I'm not good with the surf forecasting stuff. I just show up. You and know, blow up. I guess so. I tried to. Try to have a nice time. We had a nice it. time that day. Yeah. That was, that was a, an all day That was affair. magical. Yeah, that was a magical day. It was. I don't know if it could have got any better. The set, like, it was a non-stop barrage of perfect one to two foot overhead reeling 400 yards. Everyone is pulling into tubes and making crazy drops and making crazy turns. And everyone is screaming. And uh, some people got the best waves of their life that day. I'm what sure about they you? Did. I think for that spot, I think it was just. I think I had the right board that day. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's. Let's let's speak to that. I mean, because that was a big topic of that day. In the lineup, that's I heard. True, yeah. I heard people were that's talking true. about that. They were just so like, funny who to me. are these motherfuckers yeah. riding <laughs> yeah. boards yeah. over? Six, Six two, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something or other yeah, like that. I was riding that day. I was riding for the second time um, an eight six Christensen single fin sort of gun, um, like a <laughs> like a yeah, Jesus. all black. Um, <laughs> it's a yeah, like and glossy. Like but say it's like, do you even surf? <laughs> do you even surf? Did so, you realize that you can't ride a fucking five eight to six? Yeah, but and I wasn't mad. At, I wasn't. I no, didn't I know, think I about know. that or I them actually, or anybody. All right, let me tell my side. I of found story, out man. about that. People were like, <laughs> I, I was on the outside. You found out for me. Uh, yeah, I you was found on the out outside. Let me I was tell just my on the outside because everybody was fucking fuming about it. Yeah, you know, but and everybody better, was upset. Yeah. Uh, not just you, all yeah, of us. Totally. And I'm hearing this because well, half of these guys are my boys. You know, I grew up with these guys. They know who I am. Complaining. I've been there for years. You know, I grew up there. You know, I, I, I think every single face in the lineup, except for the Grammys, that were super excited, but they were just way on the inside. You know, like that—that's Grammy time. But like, you gotta come to the outside and wait for the bombs. Well, okay, uh, let's let's talk. Am about I right, that. Ev? Like I, I mean, I agree. Here, here's just, what I have to say though: there, there was multiple waves breaking. There's multiple zones. You can take the black diamond. You can take the blue square. Agreed. The green circle. Sure. You know what I mean, yeah. And and your equipment is gonna help you dictate where you get to sit. Or what you like to and, do for fun. Totally. Yeah. And if you're a mindful <laughs> surfer, then you're gonna stick to your equipment's limits and rip those waves to pieces. But if you try to go above it, it's gonna be terrible for you, and especially so if you are next to people on the right equipment. Yeah. Now the thing is. Well, no, first things. of all, no disrespect to anyone that was in the water. I thought that there was zero drama. I think that a lot of people were taken back by the ease at which a bigger board coasts into a better line mm. on days that you have increasing swell and the outside just lighting up. Right. Well, like, like if, if I was on a smaller board, I'd be like, oh, my God. I cannot believe I left my big boards at home because the outside is going berserk right now. Like, who wouldn't want well, this uncontested wave? Well, yeah, you never really... This, you're just stepping into the realm of the big board, right? Consistently. This I'm the first... This, when did you get that board? You just got it. You just got it. riding an 8.6 out there when no. everybody else is on shore It's boards. true. It's true. I've, I, I think there's no, there's no excuse to be undergunned. I, I always, from now on... 
the more foam, the better, especially if you have a wetsuit on. You know, um, that's just me. I, I, my back hurts all the time from, from paddling. It's easier on a bigger board. Yeah, yeah, but that's not this situation. This situation was that the session, and especially the waves that you were after, were requiring, requiring you to be on that kind of board. Exactly. So here's, here's what I noticed, okay, as like a third party to this. You know, because I'm seeing I like they they weren't shy to like keep their their complaints from me. They weren't saying it directly to me. Of course. Sure. sure but sure. like I'm paddling by. I didn't and I know hear that it. they were actually saying something. Please tell me what like what. No, what happened. no. OK, so here's what here's what was going on. What was going on is like you're getting bombs out the back. Of course you are from the peak. They yes. wanted. OK, here's the problem. Yeah. They wanted those same waves, yeah. but not from the peak, from the shoulder. Ah, okay. Down the line. Okay, okay. That's I can see where that. they can get into the wave. Got it. Right. They they weren't willing to sit out the back and let all these medium-sized waves pass them by. That's right. So they were all over the medium-sized yeah, waves yeah. on the peak. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're sitting and waiting. Yeah, when feasting. that big one comes through, yeah. you're on the peak. You they're get eating. It. Everyone's you, eating. They got to back we're off. All they, they, gotta, they knew Holy they had to back shit. off, but not that. Not, it, they were still bitter about it because they could have caught that wave, just not at the peak. Sure. We already talked about this. You're yeah. not at the peak. You don't get the wave. Right. And they know that damn well. But it doesn't mean it doesn't eat them up. So what they're trying, what the problem is, the problem is they want to be two places at once. They want to eat up those little medium-sized waves, but they also, when the bomb comes through, want to be out the back and get that one too. Takes and one they to know one because we've all been there. And I'm, there, I was there the exactly, other day. Exactly. Totally. This, this little is how I'm sitting outside. Boards. I'm just like, dude, just get away from me. Like, stop sitting out outside. So, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but guess what? You make a decision. Where do you want to eat? You want to eat on the table scraps? You um, want to eat on the peak? You want to eat outside of the peak and only get three, four waves, you know what I mean? And, like, really eat well, you know what I mean? Right. It's your decision, and it depends on what, how hungry you are. And deal with that big board after you don't uh, make a you tube wanna try and to you're duck on dive the inside that thing? and no, then you, you absolutely wrecked. I hit bottom paddling out. I got, <laughs> wait, wait, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. My leash, this day, same day, mid-session, my leash broke because I had to bail my board on the inside and push it to the side parallel. And it this thing's three inch, so it didn't broken get in broken in half. And like, I don't hit bottom again trying to duck dive this eight, six, three inch thick, single fin, old school board. Like, like, come on. Like, 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 it's hard. You pay the price, yeah. You pay so anyway, the price for my my leash out. breaks, pops the the string popped on both on the leg part and on the board part. No shit. So 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 yeah. The leash two part spots. and the board. So I had the Velcro strap on the board still, an inch of actual cord, and then I still had my thing on my on my ankle. It's never happened like this before. What? This leash fucking imploded from both ends. Wow. Okay. So so I got detonated on. It was a big day, and I took two sets. It was nonstop. You remember how it was nonstop? Yeah, yeah, I kept going. And like I was like, I was like, all right, I'm about to like hit bottom again with my board. I, I think I gotta try to get underneath this one. So I push it to the side. Boom, swam in, came back out, whatever. But it was it was strong that day. It was definitely strong. So but, yeah, that's the give and take. Yeah. That's the give and take. Right. And that's all. And actually, so I just want to And be I'm clear. not complaining about having a big board and duck yeah, diving and, and bailing my board. I don't give a shit. No one else was around me. Look, a word to the people that are just learning on this podcast. <laughs> you, there's never an excuse 
to ditch your board unless you're on the inside at a beach break and there's no one near you at all. Anywhere. If, anywhere. Anywhere. So if, if you could look behind you and to your right and to your left and there's no one around you, you can ditch your board if you want. Half the time, your board is going to pop in half or half the time your leash is going to pop. Right. So that's a decision you're going to have to make. And if it is a safe decision, those are your two repercussions. You better be ready to deal with it. You better line. be ready to swim in and then that's body it. surf yeah. one of those freaking doubling up nasty barreling waves. Yeah, you're just going to eat shit. You're going to hit, yeah, you're gonna hit bottom. Nobody surf is going to be in this situation, bro. <laughs> they better be. This is what I was talking about. When oh, people throwing no. you into situations you like this. You to surf. You better be pressing up through whitewater. If you can't press up through the whitewater, you get to the beach right now. <laughs> yeah, but it's you could still play survival and like try to cheat death because that's that's fun part of this whole situation too. Well, that's what friends do versus what professionals should do. With I don't know. People I don't who get... are new to surfing. I mean, you weren't the new, new to yeah, surfing. The, yeah, but the you new people boogier. to surfing, you also got to have a, a sense of adventure and and push your step out of your your comfort zone in regards to pushing yourself when you have a couple skills when you can handle your board um i don't know i have a couple thoughts about teaching and and, and learning how to surf yeah, from from an, from an educator's you're, you're point of view yeah. i mean basically you are look an educator. why don't you tell us at your, the end of the day it comes down to repetition so the more you go the more lessons you take the more sessions you paddle out and don't think about all the specifics of anything you basically just want to make it a part of your lifestyle and make it a part of your routine. And and I was t I talked about that in the beginning. Mm. And and that's the the biggest thing. If it's a part of your lifestyle, uh, over time it's just going to be something that you do. And while you do it, you start you 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 see gains or you see uh, enhanced form of uh, well being. It, 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 it'll make you more healthy physically and mentally. Um, it's not a screen. It's, it's real shit, and you, you have to be in the present. And I think that's one of the most major things that, that I love about my lifestyle uh, and, and surfing, and that's what the ocean has given me. That's, you know, that's what my appreciation of nature is based off of. You know, I, was, I was taught that by my mom at a very young age, appreciating nature, flowers, trees, the weather, every little thing. It's the only thing that's absolutely real in our lives, you know? Shout out to Mama Bear yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah. Put it up. Yeah. Can love Cheers. that lady. She's a good woman. Yeah. Um, but but putting aside, you know, having role models and, and, and uh, you know, the, having the ability to be around a strong woman as a backbone of support, setting an example of what, you know, hard work is and doing the right thing all the time. Um, it's everything else from that, you know, you learn dedication, you learn commitment, and, and uh, you actually almost, uh, in a way, could, could find uh, something that you really like or you really love uh, as a lifestyle and have the freedom to do that, you know what I mean? Because you know that that's what's right. And not giving in to society pressures of, of, you know, capitalism, which I am a huge fan of, obviously. But <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. Um, you guys could tune into my show. Um, it's, it's on economics. <laughs> no. Um, 
but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 a good journey, all in all. Worth investing in, and I I love that because that's that's how I know Nana, the Sea Wolf, looked at it as she was she saw the deeper. I remember you telling me a story like you'd be in La Miss and. You wouldn't have a wetsuit, but you're like, it's the water's cold, and you're like 10 oh, years old. Oh, I had a wetsuit. We had a wetsuit. Oh, you had a wetsuit. Yeah. Okay. Nan would put the wetsuit But on she would us. say, go get more. Go get more. Go get a couple more. And she basically, that was the gist of the story. She'd make you stay in the water. The first coach. I've, I've told this story on the KooCast. Go back and check this one out, because Nanners couldn't trust us to go get our own waves. She would scruff us. Put the wetsuit on us. We're like, no, Nan, we don't want to do it. It's all sandy, wet, doesn't fit. She's like, scruffed from the beginning to the end, almost crying the whole time, such babies. Take us out there, push us into waves, and then we're on boogies, and we're like, where'd she go? Where'd she go? We're taking this one all the way to the beach, and I'm fucking running into into the house. Hot shower. I'm ready to go. Nanner's just on the next wave, can't even see her. She's just body surfing like a fucking pro with no fins on from Maine. Snatch your ass right back up before you could even run from her and take you back out for another one. Like, and it was because she was like, you guys got all the gear. You got wetsuits from Uncle Ant's, hand-me-down, sample sale stuff. You got boogie boards and that's all you need and you guys need to be going out there spot that i surf at a lot because it's very close to there Mm. and so the fact that like only people that would probably even like have a question about anything it's not new that i ride big boards or i'm always on a single fin or, or or a fish or whatever like i i try them all out i don't it's like it's like having many lovers, many ex-girlfriends. You know, you get on a fish after not riding a fish for a while, but you rode a fish for like four years straight at some point, you know, in your life. Like, you get on that fish, it's like literally the best ex-sex you could have. <laughs> and I mean, not that in a perverted way, but I mean... Uh, I might want to change the title of this episode to Ex-Sex with... <laughs> the best ex-sex. The best yeah. ex-sex. It's pretty funny, though, like, um, when I was younger... Um, what, like uh, probably in my early 20s, I went from boogie boarding to trying to be a short boarder, but then I got into high performance nose riding. Okay, and like no, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I had a WRV. How did we not, did we hold not on, know about this? Hold on, hold on. I went. This from, show is not over. Well, hold on. This is the best because I went from a kook boogie boarder to a kook tri fin high performance high performance nose rider WRV. It was thin, it had like, you know, like a, a cutaway fin, I don't know what they call them, but oh, it, yeah, it looked, yeah, it looked yeah, squiggly, yeah. you know? It was like, so I was like, oh, I'm cool, and I can make turns on a longboard. It's like, no, you look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, and then I, then I started becoming a shortboarder, and I would just travel as much as I could, I, I went all around the world every vacation I had, you know, I, I've been everywhere. And 
you go through this whole cycle of, hey, did, did I become a shortboarder because I was like almost, oh my God, like everyone rides a shortboard, I have to ride a shortboard phase. And I did went, I went through that, you know, I, I went to uh, Slow Jacks and I got like, a, uh, what was it, like um, uh, the Pang boards that he would sell and all, all those local legends out there would just shred on these boards. And, you know, it, they were just potato chips and like literally not fun. You would drop in, make a bottom turn, try to pull in and it'll close out. Or you would just go down the line, try to make one turn and it'd be over. It'd be a total waste of time, basically. There was no sensation of nothing, glide. Nothing at all. There was no sensation yeah. of being on top of the water. Yeah. You were only slogging. Whatever. It just sucked. It up. sucks. Like like uh, groveling on a shortboard on a beach break that's windblown and, and like is total garbage um, is a big waste of time. No, that's what we learned to fucking surf Yeah, but it's, on. for now, There's at this point in my it. life, I wouldn't. I know. Like, I don't now, know, man. I'm not putting a wetsuit on for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Now you know. Yeah, of course. Learned. Yeah, yeah, But, um, Like, there was a huge era in surfing history where people, regular people who wanted to learn to surf yeah. or continue to surf thought that that was the right board to ride because sure. all the pros were fucking shredding Exactly, exactly. And it took us 10 to 20 years to find out, like, we're different people than those guys. Yeah, I was, I was truly like, obsessed with, uh, with Joel Tudor when I was, like, in my early 20s, probably 20 years ago. Oh, and, shit. Well, and, that's a uh, great inspiration to get you on a bigger board. Yeah, so um, from that... I actually, I got a, a Karma board when he was uh, making Joel Tudor surfboards. And the way that I got it, I used to, in my mid-20s, I got a Toyota Tundra when they first came out because I was a teacher and they give teachers loans or whatever, but I was just like a dirtbag like everyone else. <laughs> and, and literally, I got a Toyota Tundra with a North Star camper that would sit right on top. I got the full bed Tundra. And uh, I made this beautiful rig that I got from loans and um, literally I lived in my camper. It was it was self-sufficient. It had a bathroom, a kitchen, outdoor shower, the whole deal it was a pop-up, but it'd sit inside your truck uh, in, the, in, in the bed. And uh, I drove it, I lived in it uh, down in, down in Cupsog. I, I lived in it all like, and I would just teach at Hampton Bays. And at my job, I had a bathroom there with a shower because I was a gym teacher. And I was living at the beach three minutes from my school for most of my 20s and in the summertime I would drive to California and uh, my brother and I would do road trips and stuff like that and when I got to San Diego I went to I think it was Mitch's and I bought it was a 6-6 single fin egg Joel Tudor it was like an yeah. egg shape it was called Karma probably mm -hmm. one of the best shapes ever of all time world, yeah yeah, and I got a crazy, I got a crazy beautiful like teal green one, and I rode it exclusively. It was like my only board for like three years, and then I ended up trading it for a fish when I lived in the Dominican Republic, and then I rode a fish for like three or four years, fish. the orange fish, and um, you know I wish I still had that too. The board was crazy. Um, it it just loved the fucking pocket, you know. Um, so. Um, yeah, and then, like, you know, you go through these phases, and you ride a fish, and then all of a sudden, you're like a, a logger, you longboard ditch every day for years, and, and, and all these different peaks around here, I think I've been through every fad of a surfboard, and I've, I've, I've bought, I, I mean, like, so you I've come tried back it to? all. What's, what's your go-to if you had to have one board, Desert Island? 
Yeah, just one board. One I, board. I think I would have a board kind of like, um, I don't know, like the, the fish that I have right now that I'm riding that Evan shaped me, this La Miss uh, fish, Red Rocket, Ed Red. Uh, we did, we did. We shout out to Ed. Yeah. Fucking shout out to Ed. Yeah. Miss surfboards. <laughs> yeah. Mike Becker and Edgar at the fucking at yeah. the factory yeah, building they, us boards, helping us build them out. So we're actually gonna do a second. Around. We're gonna do a second rendition of that this week, and it's a it's a it's a seven six long fish, um, all red cherry red, and it just it just loves to shred. Loves to shred. It loves to go fast. It's a very very fast fast board. It just takes off. It's a, we, I think we took the blank out of a, a long board blank like a ten foot board. A big board blank and then the center of this seven six is like three and a quarter three and an eighth thick wow so it paddles like a i wrote it board. i actually was just watching some footage today of when we took it out at uh the point it was tiny i mean did you get waves did you get waves no i gotta show you the footage did you, did you like ride it waist did you I like it, it? Yeah, I love Loves it. the pocket, right? It went fast, yeah, man. I crazy. couldn't get in the pocket. I was yeah. going too fast. You got to turn back <laughs> around and fucking pull up oh, like a real G. Shit. That's yeah, what I it'll do. do that too. It'll it'll yeah, it's, your command. It's pretty funny. It's really light. And you look in a direction and it puts you there. You just look at you look in the direction and you go there. That's all it really is. That would be good for you to to ride that, brother Chris, just because you're so well versed on the seven six length, but a fuller template. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then it scares me a little bit, but originally the seven six length scared me. So of course, I'm willing to oh, try. Oh man. <laughs> You'd probably probably rip on that thing. All right, before uh, before we wrap it up, everybody's got a surfer confession, whether burning your your fellow brother or something kooky like running down the beach with your leash on and and trashing your board into the the, the ground. Ooh yeah, I guess. What do you we'll... got for us, Uncle Ricky? Come on, I know you got one. I you know I I don't I don't really know. I, I really You've don't know. Never done anything wrong. You've never done anything kooky. I mean, I've dropped in on people that I thought were not going to get past the section, and they've gone right past me. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a rule that I have: you're allowed to drop in on me, but if I pass you, you're fucking dead. <laughs> not in the sense of like I'm violent or anything like that, but like, like, like you know, you're done. You're, you're done. just you're out. Yeah, you're out. That's the yeah, worst. Yeah, exactly. You're just done for the day. You know, you had too much to drink. Go home. <laughs> you know, you made a really bad decision. But look, I've I've been going down the line, and I know I'm not going to make this section. And I'm oh, like that's another thing too. If you're going down the line and you see someone that could really put themselves in a nice situation, you know you're not going to make it around a section, wave them on. Wave them on. And, and say, go, out. motherfucker, go. Straighten out, yeah. Yeah, Sun and there's a difference. Sound. Like, don't say, like, go and no sound too similar because <laughs> oh, we've yes. all been confused on go and no. Yeah. So, so, so don't even use go and no language. Okay. You know, it's more or less straighten like, out. no, it's like eye contact. Like, it's a, it's a head nod. It's like a real... It's a it's a straight gangster thing, just and like an arm throw or something, just like our head nod. Turning like, go, towards the flats, just not go. down the line. It's clear as day. I'm I don't want the wave it. to be wasted. 
And I'm not, I'm not going to be like, oh, I could have made that. You dropped it on me. It's like, no, you know if you're not going to fucking make a section. And you know if someone's in a good fucking position. Tell them to fuck, especially if they're younger than you. Fucking go. Yeah. Do Get it. that wave of your life. Okay, so that, that reminds me of that story about dropping in and burning that dude at big, at, on those big rights. And I could see he was just like this dropping in. This is you've told. You've told this story on yes. podcast. So, so you can go back and check this one out. But he's, like, dropping in, like, rolling down the windows and, like, going on to his heel side. He's falling. He's flailing. And going s- and straightening out into the flats. And I'm just, like, <gasps> just going, like, 110% going. And that was, that was what his boys took as a full burn. A full burn. And that's why one of his boys fucking dropped in on me on the shoulder. And, like, I don't know. I, I must have had my head down fucking looking like this. By, by the time I looked up, homie crossed my line, and it was just... After that. But just that, those little intricacies of... It's, it's a really hard decision to make right then and there. But if you're looking three times, <laughs> right. just like when you're crossing the road, <clears throat> left, right, left, and making damn sure that there's nobody in the phone ball or dropping in or even has a chance. Because that's, that's just unforgivable. Maybe that's the title of the episode. <laughs> Look three times. <laughs> no, the title of the episode is just look. <laughs> just fucking look, man. Use them. Just use your eyes. Just like peek back. Like the second, like, just go ahead. Paddle for it. Put yourself in a position where you can get in. But at that last second, before you give it that last little oomph, just look. And it's okay. You don't have to go. There's going to be more. There's going to be That's more. the name of this, this episode. There's always going to be more waves. Just, just come on. If you are not subscribed to the Coopcast, you're fucking kooking it. <laughs> Get on your favorite podcast directory and subscribe. And while you're there, you leave a review. We know you're going to like this one, peeps. <laughs> hey, yo, whatever. Ricky. I don't give a fuck. Put that one up. Uncle right here, Ricky. Uncle Ricky. It took hey, a yo. long time to get this one down. I was supposed to be the first. You realize that? You asked me first, and I denied you. You bailed. No, you didn't. No, whoa, whoa, I whoa, whoa, I whoa. You. Yeah, yeah. Let's clear. I, I, I right sent now. you a text, something like, uh, I don't I, know I that. I can't. I can't do it right the town now because code is all over me. My house, my new. So- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm like, I'm like no. The thing is, is I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a gangster out here, and I gotta keep a low profile. But I'm, but I'm trying, I'm trying to retire. You know, I'm just, I'm looking. You today, I want to do it right now. Yeah, no, I'm ready. Right now. All right, I'll be there in 15 minutes. No, right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like um, we yeah. wrap it up right now. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Hell yeah, brothers. <laughs>